well. Thank you. It seems like every time I speak, something goes crazy with the sound, like, like just a minute ago when you heard me laughing so loudly. I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, welcome. We're going to dive into God's Word. Last week, um, John and I, were we went out and took the family out after church, so we were out at lunch, and uh, we, were, we had been talking about uh, the blessing and the covenant that we have, and so he said, um, you know, I feel like you should have probably gone on into Joseph. I said, I know. He experienced the fullness of the blessing. And he said, do you have something on that? And I said, I think so. So then he's, he already had his notes sent to Nicole for this week and everything all lined up. And so he just moved that, that a week forward. So I'm glad to be able to go on and, and share a little bit more with you. So let's pray as we begin and just ask the Lord to prepare our hearts so that what we hear takes deep root. Father, we just come to you as little children. Lord, I just ask that you would help us to just um, take our ourselves and what we've learned in the past out of the mix and just accept what your word says as a child would do. And just, if we see it in print, Lord, we won't argue with it. We won't say, give excuses why that's not happening in our life. We'll just receive your word and believe that you're that good to manifest your goodness and your grace in our lives. So we just ask that you would um, do a great work in us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, just by way of review, we talked about how there are two systems operating in the world. And it's the system of blessing, which God instigated in the very beginning. When he created Adam and Eve, he said the very first words they heard from him were be fruitful, multiply. And that was that was beyond just their family unit and having children and filling the earth. It was it had to do with using all the vast resources in the earth to be a blessing. And we know that God created them and put them in the perfect setting in the Garden of Eden. So it was just as he planned for it to be. And things were fine. Things were perfect beyond fine. Until man sinned. And when that happened, then the curse began operating in the world today. Why do bad things happen in the earth? Because the curse is in operation. Oftentimes God gets the bad rap for that. Well, if he's such a good God, why all this? Well, because man had a free will, then the curse began to operate in the world through sin. And that's still the way that uh, negative things happen in our life. Through the curse operating, and the enemies, even if you're saved, hear me, even if you're a Christian, you don't live in heaven, so you're going to continually have to come against things in this world. That's why we need an armor. That's why we need spiritual tools, because the curse is an operation out there. Now, if Jesus is Lord of your life, then you have the tools to resist the curse. So um, I just want to tap into a couple of things that we... That we uh, laid a foundation on last week with Galatians 3, 13, and 14. We're going to hit these high points and then move in to what we want to talk about today with the blessing of God in our life. So Galatians 3, 13, and 14 says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse, the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus died on the cross, he hung on the tree so that, notice this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. It doesn't say so that you don't have to go to hell. It says so that the blessing of God, it's part of it, but he has something so much more for you, so much more for you than just to keep you from hell. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Then last week we went on into Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. You know, the core values of the church universal should be, because Jesus said this, we've adopted it as our core values here at the church, but it's really for all Christians. And that is that Jesus said you fulfill all the law and prophets, you're pleasing to him, you're fulfilling everything he wants you to do when you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I want you to take that knowledge and connect it to the blessing that we're going to see here in Deuteronomy 28. This just kind of clicked with me this week as I was studying this. If we believe in the blessing of God, guess what? We're going to be fulfilling those, those two things. 
we're going to believe God loves us. If we believe that the blessing of God, the blessing that he instituted through Abraham, why did he do that? Because man stepped away and there was that that boundary or that that uh, blockade between man and God. God wasn't pleased with that. So he said through Abraham, I want to bless you. I want you to be blessed in all that you do. I want to get back in that that connection with my man, my family. So notice this as we read Deuteronomy 28, and I want you to think about this as we're reading it this time. Think about the love of God, and if we believed all of this, so we have to renew our minds to this. You might think, well, I believe it. When situations and obstacles come, as we're going to see in a minute, and examples in Scripture, it can cause us to question, God, do you love me? God, are you working in my life? There can be things out in the world around us that say, the blessing's not working in your life. You're not blessed by God. So let's look at Deuteronomy 28, and then you might want to make a marker in your Bible. Do something so that you can go back here and recognize and remember and remind yourself and teach your children. This is what belongs to us as Christians. Deuteronomy 28 says this. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all of these blessings if, we need to look at the ifs and the becauses in the Bible. There's God's part and there's our part. If you obey the Lord your God. So what is he connecting that to? Loving God. If we're loving God, if we're following him, then that connects us to the blessing of God. A lot of times people think because they're not antagonistic against God, well, I don't hate God. That's not the same as loving God. Loving God is following him in obedience. And here, get this, believing what he says above what anyone else says. Putting his word up here and saying, Lord, what you say is my final truth. Even if it doesn't look like it, even if I don't feel like it's happening in my life, I believe you and I love you. It would be crazy in a relationship with someone for you to say, I just love you with all my heart. I just don't believe anything you say. And oftentimes Christians do that. They read the Bible and go, that's not happening in my life. That, not that, not that, not that. And they're choosing, in a sense, to disagree, to be antagonistic with the word of God. We've got to be aware of the traffic that's going on in our heads, or that just happens regularly because... What we see in the the word of God is not automatic in the world around us. We have to say, this is what I want to take place in my life. How is the blessing that we're reading about? How is it released? How is it activated? How do we make sure it's happening in our lives? By speaking his word. That's the way God gave us as an example. He blessed them by speaking, not thinking, oh, you're good, be fruitful and multiply. By speaking that blessing, you'll find too, we're going to talk about this a little bit today as we look through scripture in the Old Testament, that that's the way it continued to work in the Old Testament. The the fathers in the household would bring their children in, bring their sons in, and had a blessing for them. He spoke blessing. The Jewish fathers, in fact, they still do this, many Orthodox Jews, they'll speak blessing over the lives of their sons. And they're, again, that's supposed to bless their, their, their whole family, their family line. They'll bless their daughters and call out good things in them. Um, when I was raising the kids when they were young, um, a friend of mine gave me, she was on staff with us, and she gave me a book, Bless Your Children Every Day. And it, I would go in, and John and I began to activate this, and we'd go in to the kids at night and would say, I bless your life. You are obedient. You are kind-hearted. Sometimes at the end of the day when there was a little bit of disobedience, we were, we were prophesying over them. Grandparents, when you hold those children in your arms and they're little bitties, you are blessed. Sweet babies, you are blessed. When they're irritable, peace on your life. Peace on your life. So our, our children used to say this. They just grab our hands, bless me, you know. And so here they are, they're, because they want to hear that good stuff. You're created for good words. The blessing is released by saying. And so what you want to do is you and I want to be aware if the blessing's not happening in our lives instead of saying, 
you know, getting huffed up or irritated at ourselves, at other people. You can get irritated with God. We're in a Christian setting here. Let's be honest. You can get irritated with God if you're not careful and you see things in the, in the Word and you think, why is that not happening? Learn to activate your words and pray Scripture, pray His promises. It says you will experience all, another great word there, these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields would be will be blessed. This church should be a blessing and Keller should be blessed because we are on this property. So your towns and fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Take nothing less than that. Let, let me tell you something. I keep going back to this family thing. So maybe there's someone here and you need to hear it. God calls family. He calls individuals, but he calls family. He calls family lines. He calls, he has a call. You think, well, maybe, maybe they don't. No, you. He's called your family. He calls families, he calls organizations to do have certain tasks and fulfill a certain need in a community. He calls businesses. Are you a business owner? God wants you to be a blessing to people. Businesses are all about profit, but you're sowing. You're blessing. You have something someone needs or you don't need to be in business. Business is to bless. It, this is the heart of God. And so if you're in business, uh, in relationships, everything we do, we want to look at it and say, God, I, I, I contend, I pray over that, that business. I pray over that relationship that it will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and your flocks will be blessed. In an agricultural society, society, this meant money. God wants you blessed. In fact, a lot of the covenant points to the material. The, the old covenant points to the material side of life. It talks about money. It covers everything in the Old Testament except the spiritual side. Because Jesus had not yet come, there couldn't be the fullness of the Spirit. That would be after the cross. But God covered everything else and he made a way for them to stay connected spiritually until Jesus came. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruits, baskets, and breadboards breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do. That's excellent right there. Wherever you go. You might want to take that verse right there and put it on your refrigerator. God, you said wherever I go, whatever I do shall be blessed. We're going to move into some other things today as we look at the blessing of God working from the inside out. So, you know, there are a couple of names of God. This helps us understand him when we look at the blessing and we look at his nature. Otherwise, we believe what other people say. We believe what we're constantly hearing. It's the way you're made. It's the way you've got to come to church. It's why you've got to put God's word in your eyes, ears, and heart. Why you want to listen to sermons throughout the week. Because you were created to put things in. Think about foods, that, you know, how you, you eat and then it makes you healthy or it doesn't really aid your health either way. That's the way you're created. Same way with your spirit. So we want to renew our minds to the goodness of God. It, here, one of his names is, there are many names of God that we see and, and one of them in particular is El Shaddai. It tells us about his character. We choose names because they have a cool sound to them in our culture. But in the, the Hebrew culture, names meant something. And, you know, we, we can look all through Scripture and see that a name meant something, a certain character trait about that person. El Shaddai, the bountiful one. El Shaddai, that is part of who he is. He is bountiful. He's not out of stuff. When you get out of stuff a lot of times or when you're, when you're running low, you sometimes if you're not careful, you'll be sad and you'll think, well, I can't bug God with stuff. He is the bountiful one. You're not bugging him. He's got more than enough for you and your neighbor and everybody else. He's very capable of fulfilling everything that you need in this life. When your children need shoes, when you are running, you're running behind in, in your um, own accounts, you want to remember, he is the bountiful one and he's not stingy. We just saw that in Deuteronomy. He wants the blessing of God to come on your life. Money is not a bad thing. A lot of what we've heard in religious teaching and uh, what is religious teaching? Tradition, things that have just been passed down. Well, money will cause you to, it, you can't worship God and money. Well, we're not talking about worshiping money, but you need to have some. You need to have some. And so there, we've got to be careful that we're unraveling some of the things that we've been taught 
And it'll help us. It'll help us as we bless those around us, as we think and operate in this world system and realize it's so different. God's system is so different from the world system. It's a system of more than enough. So another name of God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and provides. As your family grows, as you begin to increase, he sees ahead and provides. So that is one of his names. Knowing the names of God, knowing who he is through the blessing helps us understand and takes those blinders off that can narrow our vision. Genesis 12, 2 through 3, we're going to see a couple of things here. I want you to go there with me, and we're going to see how God intended for the blessing to come on his people and work from the inside out, from their lives of obedience, out to the world around them. You may have heard this term, that, it, and it's, it's used in Scripture, but we hear it often, that God called himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's a family line. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what kind of God did Abraham know? A God that made him very rich? A God that blessed his family? It's interesting to me, and you know, I didn't think about this until I was going over my notes today. Every time I looked at my notes this week, it was something new that came up, but Abraham and his wife had a problem with fertility. Then Isaac and his wife had a problem with fertility. Then we see the same thing in the line of of Jacob. The enemy was after just trying to cut off what God had planned for that family. He didn't want them to reproduce because God had spoken to Abraham. He said, I will bless you and through you, through you and your children, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And then we see at each each generation, they had to stand up and resist and actually believe God for children in their in their um, family line. So Genesis 12, 2 through 3, God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, or distinguished, we might say. And you will be a blessing to others. If someone is distinguished among others around, then people are noticing. It's visible. To have fame or be distinguished is visible. The blessing of God on our lives is meant to be visible. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Those who treat you with contempt, this version says. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Did that happen? Yes, Jesus came through that family line. Plus, the nation of Israel, even though it's small in number, has basically been undefeated in military. The only time that we see that they we see that um, there was a contingency to the blessing, and that is that they got their eyes off God. So you do see you do see things down through history where the Jews have been oppressed. I let you know today that any of us that get our direction off of the focus of God, even the Jewish people. All kinds of crazy things can happen in our life. I don't want you to leave today thinking, woohoo, the blessing of God on my life is a license to all this amazing stuff. It is. But the focus, remember back in the first of Deuteronomy 28, the focus must be on Him. We don't, we, we don't just need more stuff, especially we as Americans. We don't need just a bunch of stuff. This is not just about getting a bunch of stuff. But it is about you being blessed and knowing your God and then also knowing what to do. I believe so often we get, we might increase to a certain level of blessing and there's a little bit of a, a testing time where we continue to put God first place, where we continue to tithe, we will, where we continue to put Him first place in our week and attend church and have our private time with Him during the week. What if we did that? Would we continually increase and go to the next level and the next level? Or do we often, see, the blessing of God is contingent on us and some of the things that we choose to do in response to God. Do we often get our minds and our eyes on the blessing? Look at this, the house, the cars. And then our focus is no longer on God. So I just want you to weigh that out today. 
So God said that he would bless Abraham, and he did. He blessed Isaac. In fact, in one spot in the Bible, it says that Isaac sowed one year and reaped a hundredfold in that same year. Imagine that you gave a thousand dollars, a hundredfold return in one year, and he got a thousand. What, what would it be? Hundred thousand back, a hundredfold return. That's what happened in the life of Isaac. God wanted the blessing on their life to be visible because he wanted everyone around to say, look at the people of God. You know, in, in relation to families and children, if children are healthy, happy, doing well, that is a wonderful reflection on the parents, isn't it? In the same way, you and I are a reflection of God in the earth. That's why we want to believe God and understand that he wants blessing for us. So God called Abraham. The blessing was to work from the inside out. God wanted to bless them. He wanted them to have a, a covenant, a relationship with them so that it would then show up on the outside. And God wanted them to bless others. The blessing of God, there's a couple of points. This is the second one. The second point is, God wanted them to be a blessing to others. So um, with that, let's look at Abraham a minute, and then we're going to quickly move into the life of Joseph. God called Abraham. It included his whole family. It wasn't just Abraham. So listen, if you're here today and you're the only person in your family that knows God, that's not a disadvantage. You and God together, there's the majority you can, you can make all the difference if you're the only one in your family. God initiated that blessing through Abraham, but he full well wanted it to include Sarah. It did include Sarah. It included their children. And then what happened with Abraham was he became so great that the kings, two different kings in a community where they lived, got irritated because this guy's richer than the king. Abraham was richer than the king. People envied him. Is that happening among us as Christians? That people envy us because of our family health, because of our physical health. People look at us and go, everything always works out for them. What would you say? You wouldn't say, well, yeah, we, we just get breaks. No, that's your opportunity. God has blessed my life. I've been serving him and he blesses my life. He works things out in my life. You can have this too. That's what God wanted in the Old Testament for others to look at the Israelites and say, we want in on that because God wanted the whole world to be blessed. It wasn't just about Abraham only. The blessing of God through you. So let's look at Genesis 30, 25. I want to show you something that happened to um, Jacob, which was Abraham's grandson. Let's look at Jacob, what happened in his life. He went to look for a wife, um, Actually, a servant went and, and found a wife for him. And then, so he moved to that area and worked for his father-in-law. Remember that story? So he worked for his father-in-law and until he was a, until he received his wives. He got two sister wives. I don't recommend that. That wasn't always a blessing. But so he had, um, he went to this land and was able to secure these wives. But here I want you to see something about his life. Why? Because we're tracing the blessing. We're place, tracing the covenant of God. Soon after Rachel, that is Jacob's wife, soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, we're going to look at Joseph in a minute, Jacob said to Laban, his father-in-law, he said, please release me because he's worked for these years as a contract for him. Please release me so I can go to my home country. Let me take my wives and children for I've earned them by serving you and let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I've worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban replied. Now there had been conflict among these with Laban and um, Jacob. Uh, Laban was a deceiver and a tricker. So he would do things, you know, he'd say he was going to do something for Jacob and then renege. And so um, it says, I have become wealthy for the Lord has blessed me. What does that say? The Lord has blessed me. Why? Laban knew he was blessed because of Jacob. We're going to talk about the blessing of God through you. When you go to work this week, see, I'm telling you, we just don't understand how big God is or the love of God. You're not at a job that frustrates you because God is trying to beat you over the head. 
You are supposed to go there and the blessing of God, when you walk on that property, that place is blessed. And they look out the door and see you coming and think, thank goodness he's coming to work today. He was absent last week because of vacation and things were not good. The, the blessing working through Jacob. Do people say that about you or do they say, I wish that you would do something besides preach and talk to me. Jacob had to be very diligent for, the, for Laban to have said this. He says, I have become wealthy for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Your place of employment should be excellent because you're there. It should, they should really, really recognize. In your family, your children, grandchildren, in-laws ought to say, thank goodness they're coming. When they show up, things are just a little more peaceful. We want to be walking in obedience to the blessing. To do that, we have to say, I love people around me. I'm a blesser. You see how that keeps us in line so that we're not getting irritated with people over there? If the blessing's working on my life and they're acting awry, you know, they're irritating, I say, okay, God, I'm blessed. And when I go in this place, I bring the peace of God. Things settle down in the name of Jesus when I show up. Do you see how it's empowering? And we're not... Irritated at them. Those things block the love of God and they block the love of God for the other person because we're not aware of the blessing. So the Lord has blessed me because of, of you. Tell me how much I owe you and I will pay. In the next verse, it goes on to say, you name your wages, don't leave me. You name your price. I want you to stay. I'm blessed because you're here. Guys, this is our challenge. This is our challenge. That is why God instituted the blessing. He wanted us to bless the world around us. He wanted the people, when they come in our, our proximity, that something is just different about us, about us. This does not happen if we don't have a relationship, a regular relationship with God, where he's filling us up and we're saying, God, I want you to help me. You're the Lord of my life. I go out there to my job today. I go out and, and interact with family members. I go out this bedroom door and I believe that you're working in my life and you're working through me and you're going to help us. The blessing of God working through you. Let's go on and look at the life of Joseph because here's what we're going to see. Not only does the blessing of God work from the inside out, not only is it for others around us to see and bring God glory and for us to be a blessing to those around us, but it also is a breaking of obstacles in our life. Maybe you're in a situation right now and you think, man, I just can't seem to get a breakthrough. The blessing of God on our lives, we want to be aware. Why? Because if we're not aware, we'll say things like this. Well, I can't, I can't win for losing. You know, we'll believe that. That'll be our truth. Well, the economy. It's the economy that's got me down. I can't, I, we're, we're not, things are not going to get any better until the economy gets better. You know that year that I told you that Isaac re reaped a hundredfold? It was in a year of famine. In a year of famine. His own economy was good. So why do we want to know about the blessing? So that we'll recognize. See, with the covenant, it is a covenant of faith. Believing what God said over our lives. Believing what his word says above our circumstances, above our obstacles. Let's look at Joseph and see what he encountered. Let's look at Genesis 39, 1 through 6. The blessing of God works inside of you, begins inside of you as a born-again believer, and then through you to bless others. And finally, it overcomes any obstacle in your life if you'll stick with it. We're going to look at Joseph. Now, he has a couple of opportunities to quit. And we wouldn't be studying him today as the person that overcame any obstacle. If he had taken that opportunity, maybe you're up against one. You have an opportunity to quit lately? You have an opportunity to quit in a relationship, to quit in a job situation. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the blessing of God is for the faithful, the, the person that believes uh, God has good things for them, no matter what, the person that believes. It's not the circumstances. 
It's the blessing of God working from the inside out. We're not looking for outside in. I'm looking for a break. Looking for you. Hey, maybe you're the one that's going to actually, yeah, yeah, that job, that'll do it. You're going to be my answer, that job, that situation. That's not operating the blessing, the blessing of the Lord. We're looking and we're saying, God, you're, you're the one that distributes the blessing on my life. It comes on me and through me to the world around me. I'm not looking for someone else, something else to meet my need. All right, so Joseph is a great example. Are you ready? Let's look at Genesis 39, 1 through 6. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar. I want to stop, uh, Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. I want to stop and give you a little bit of background, which I intended to do. So Joseph was the young son of Jacob. Remember, we just read about him and how his father-in-law said, you can't leave me. I'm blessed because of you. I got rich because you're here. And so here he is, um, the, the uh, son, the baby boy, Joseph, is he's not the youngest, but second to the youngest, of the children of Jacob. He understands. We want to we tie this all in. He knows about his lineage. He knows about great-grandfather Abraham, Isaac, and he knows he's been taught through his dad, about the blessing of God. So at a young age, Joseph has some dreams. Believe me, if you begin to talk about, tell your children about blessing in their life, they will have some dreams. They're going to have some goals. And they're going to be big. So we don't want to then get our traditions in there and start talking about, well, people in our family, we don't. We've just never been business people. That, that might still mean that they have a calling on their lives for business. You know, so here we see this young boy, and at a young age, he has these dreams. And he dreams that he's going to be a ruler, that he's going to be a leader. He shares that with his family members, and he is not validated. His brothers get jealous and irritated. I believe his dad definitely saw something in that, because his dad began to kind of turn toward him in in even more significant ways and favor that child. Not a good idea. Uh, The blessing says there's enough for everybody, right? Jacob knew all his children were to be blessed. He shouldn't have just focused on that one thing and thought, well, maybe the blessing is, all the blessing of God is going to come right through Jacob or through Joseph. But something crazy happened there. People are human and we don't want to take everything that we see and, and not learn from it and just think, well, I guess anybody can get off. We have a new covenant too that we must be aware of. In the New Testament, we have some things available to us that these guys didn't have. So Joseph has these dreams, and he tells his family members, and then I want you to notice, everything begins to, over time, begins to point in a total different direction than the blessing of God, than the fact that he will one day be a ruler. So what do you do when obstacles come? What do you do when your circumstances say something opposite from the blessing of God? Joseph knew that it had been passed down through his family line. Through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You are to be blessed. He knew that. So he was purchased by Potiphar and his Egyptian officer because his brothers trafficked him. They labor trafficked him to a group of Ishmaelites, a caravan coming through. They were so irritated at him. Listen, the blessing of God oftentimes, his blessing on our life, if other people think that they don't know the goodness of God, they could get irritated at you. If you're healthier, if your family is is doing well and theirs is not, if you've got dreams and goals in your life and they don't. His brothers were jealous And so they trafficked him, they sold him, and then he's carted off. Talk about obstacle. Talk about something that is in direct opposition than what he had in his heart. What did he have in his heart? Dreams about being a ruler one day. Dreams about being a leader, about making a world impact. And yet he's experiencing something that's very different from that. You ever had that happen? So here he is. Um, Potiphar was a captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything. You might want to circle that. In everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. 
Potiphar noticed this. See, are you seeing those? The, the blessing of God should be visible in our lives. He noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Giving him success in everything he did. We talked last week and we defined that word blessed. Meaning empowered to prosper and succeed. Well, here it is. Joseph had a huge obstacle, huge defeat, we might say. I'm sure he saw it that way. Really? My own family rejected me? I mean, what, what bigger defeat could you feel? So he had defeat. What a setback. What rejection. Maybe you can understand. Maybe you've had some of those situations where you felt rejected. You felt like there were all these obstacles to what you felt like um, God had placed in your heart. Joseph could relate to that, I'm sure. So Joseph was successful when he worked in Potiphar's house. In fact, the Bible tells us that Potiphar puts him up as the leader in his palace. He's a foreigner. He hasn't been in this culture. He's an outsider and he comes and the blessing of the God of God is working from inside and it begins to display out. The fact that Joseph was successful in everything he did, verse 4 says, this pleased Potiphar. So he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he did. So, see, we see here that Joseph was a faithful man, faithful with someone else's stuff. He wasn't bitter because he received rejection at the hands of his brothers. Maybe you can relate to Joseph right now, and you're thinking, well, I've had all kinds of things coming, going wrong in my life, all these obstacles. Let's watch and see what Joseph does. We see that he's faithful with another man's things in your employment. Faithful with someone else's stuff and he gets promoted so he's promoted once he's sold into slavery he's promoted to potiphar's personal assistant and then how far did we go i didn't finish i don't think okay thank you guys from the day joseph was put in charge of his master's household did you hear that from the day he arrived from the day he was put in charge of the master's household and property the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. And all his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing. He was trustworthy. The blessing of God on your life, you're going to, there'll be times in your life that you're going to need to prove trustworthy with what God gave you and how he's blessing you. Don't take credit. Make sure that you are faithful with the blessing of God. We see that Joseph was definitely faithful. He was the kind of person that you could trust. We see later, if you were to read on, you would find out that Potiphar's wife saw the blessing of God on him. She saw that he's successful. He's young, probably handsome, well-built. And so she gets her eyes on him and she tries to seduce him. She lies about him. Another obstacle to the blessing of God. This is, Joseph didn't see this coming. You might not always be able to determine some of the obstacles that come your way. Does it mean you're not blessed? No. When bad things happen, it doesn't mean you're not blessed. What's our part? Our part is to remind ourselves of the blessing and stay faithful. So Potiphar's wife lies on him and it lands him in prison. He goes to prison. It, it, this just sounds crazy. I'm sure he, when he was experiencing it, he's thinking, what were those dreams I had so long ago? What was it that my parents told me? That you shall be blessed. That through you, all the generations of the earth shall be blessed. Through our family line. That's what you're called to. So, I'm sure he had to remind himself. We see that Joseph then, while he's in prison, something else happens. Because the blessing of God, are you with me? Because the blessing of God is operating in his life, even in prison, he rises to the top again. Don't complain about your job. 
be a blessing and watch God promote you. So here he comes to the top. He's the chief of all the prisoners. Again, he's in charge. He can be trusted. He has opportunity a couple of times to actually share in um, someone else's dream. You remember that story about how the baker and the butler, they have dreams and Joseph actually has a reputation for explaining dreams. And he, he says, you'll see it if you read it in scripture, it's not me that knows dreams. It's God that gives me the power to decipher those things. Well, he just stays. Those guys get promoted. One of them gets promoted and goes before the Pharaoh. And before he goes, Joseph says, don't forget, I'm down here. Don't forget, tell, tell Pharaoh about me. You know, don't forget that I'm here and that I helped you. He forgets. And it's two more years of just being in prison. Maybe you're in a situation right now and you cannot see. You're trying to recover from a financial crisis. You're recovering from something, some obstacle in your life. We must keep our eyes on God and trust Him that He is going to be faithful to do what He said in Deuteronomy 28. Regardless of failure, there's not anybody in here that hadn't failed. There's not anybody in here. Uh, in one of the Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, it says, there is no temptation, and it's not just talking, I'm not talking, we always think sexual somehow with temptation. Temptation is anything that causes you to believe something other than what God said. Okay? So it says, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. When you're in a situation, well, I don't think anybody could have ever experienced what I experienced. That's what the devil wants you to think. You are the king's sufferer. If Joseph had thought about that, and just thought, well, I look, I've tried to do all the right things. I keep doing the right things, and it's not working out. He would have short-circuited the blessing of God on his life. There's a, a place, I couldn't go to all this today. We wouldn't have had time to cover the territory. But with Joseph, he goes in one day among the prisoners, and he says, hey, why are you so downcast? We're in jail. Dungeon food. Dungeon stuff going on. You know, but he's like, why are you so sad? See, that gives us a revelation of what's going on in his heart. The hope that is still there. The hope that is in his life. It's the hope in your life is connected to the blessing of God on your life. Believing and trusting that he's going to work all things for your good. So what happens then? Here he is. It seems like everybody's forgotten about him, even though he blessed someone else and said good things and, and, and gave them the answers to their dreams. One of them had good news. The other guy didn't have good news. Joseph was honest and told him it wasn't good news. You're going to get the axe. And then that actually happened. So Joseph is there and he's probably thinking, where's all this going to lead? And then one day, see, the blessing of God works in your life unless you short circuit it. If you came today and you thought maybe someone would qualify where you are in life and say, oh, well, God's promises don't always work. Sometimes they work unless you've sinned. Well, we'd all have to get up and walk out. Sometimes God's blessing works on your life if you're not going to hear that from this platform today. I'm telling you that if you stay faithful, the blessing of God. In fact, it says in Deuteronomy 28, because I didn't get that far, it'll come and overtake you. It will chase you down. The blessing of God is for you. And so, regardless of failure, regardless of setback, Joseph experienced one day an opening of the dungeon door. It might have creaked a bit. John told us something in one of his sermons in the past that um, in these Egyptian dungeons that they had to walk stooped over. I think even people my height. They had to walk stooped over because it was part of the 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 great degradation of just being uh, just stooped over and in pain and just they just lived in a low level lifestyle in so many ways. So Maybe that door creaked as it opened. 
someone walked in that day and had heard because God was still at work in the life of Joseph. Not one time was the blessing of God removed from Joseph. And when that door was open, someone said, hey, we heard that you can interpret dreams. Pharaoh had a dream. He's calling you. It's time for you to shower and shave. It's time for you to go. You're going before Pharaoh today. Joseph was ready. He was prepared. I think he was ready and prepared because he never got bitter. If you're in a situation, if you have an obstacle in your life, don't get bitter. Bless everybody around you you can find. If you're having an obstacle, give. Give to somebody. Why? 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 Why would you do that? It's a physical manifestation of saying, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm a blesser. The blessing of God works on me and through me and just begin to look for someone to bless. If you don't have any money to give, then do something for somebody. Stay late at work. Work overtime. Find some way to, if, if you're, again, if you're serious and you think, I've got an obstacle in my life. I can't seem to get through it. Find some way to be a blessing. You were made for that. You were made to be a blessing. So we know the story. Joseph goes in. He tells the Pharaoh the meaning to his dream. The Pharaoh immediately knows on the inside. That's true. And he promotes him to second in command. Listen listen to this. Because of the blessing of God working on Joseph, not only was he blessed and he promoted, but what happened after that? His family comes to Egypt in the time of famine, looking for food. And Joseph, part of the blessing of God on your life, has to do with loving others. And to love them fully, you have to be able to forgive. His brothers came. They're looking for food. He could have called them executed. Their lives were in his hands. Are are we going to qualify for the blessing? When bad things happen, when people do us wrong, Are we going to step up? The blessing is supposed to work through you to people who don't deserve it. Maybe you've been sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to bless my family. I can't wait to get home and just kiss up those grandkids. I'm talking about your enemies. Blessing the enemies. I think that's why he stayed in his position. He forgave his brothers. He reinstated them. Maybe it's the person that someone in your family that you need to forgive. You don't even have to feel it. Forget this is not a feeling. It's just not holding anything against them. The next time you see it, they don't have to know. You know, you can. we sometimes think, well, am I being fake and phony if I don't just go ahead and maybe cut them out or tell them what I really think? The blessing of God is supposed to be for those who don't deserve it. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Now it's your turn. That's why Deuteronomy 28. How can you be a blessing? So the blessing of God goes to his family then. They come and they congregate there and they live right there among him, among in and around Joseph and his family. They live right there. He blesses them and takes care of them all through the famine. He's a blessing to the government. He's a blessing to Egypt. Egypt begins to flourish because of the plan God gave him. So That whole area is blessed. His increase. I'm talking to you today because God wants to increase your influence. I wonder how many hundreds of people, thousands it probably would be, from all of you in this room and the number of people each of you touches at your jobs and in your extended family members. How many should we all be blessing? What is the scope of your influence individually? And then you take us collectively. I'm telling you, this is life-changing. It can change the world if we've got some Christians that are not victimized. Well, that never happens for me. Make it happen for somebody else. Refuse to feel sorry for yourself. Absolutely refuse it. Refuse self-pity. Nothing ever happens for me. Those ought to be curse words. We ought to say, I I will bite my tongue till it bleeds before I will let those words come out of my my mouth. I can't believe that happened to me. Why do bad things happen to me? You already know the answer to that. The curse is operating. Why do bad things happen to me? Why did I get laid off? 
If you were diligent, again, we're not always willing to be honest with ourselves. But if we were diligent, then we say, I've got a better job coming. God's good. He's too good to me. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to give it my best. I, The blessing of God is working on me and through me. And I'm going to bless everybody. I will never be a victim. I think that is one of the major obstacles to the blessing of God is victimization. Feeling sorry for ourselves. We cannot be pitiful and powerful. We cannot believe in the blessing of God to work things out in our lives and also go around in the mully grubs. Is that Texan? In the mully grubs. So what you see in the life of Joseph can be evident in your life. God's word is true no matter your circumstance. He wants to work in that situation where there is an obstacle. What I want to do today is I want to close and I just want to pray over those three areas. You're either here today and you're thinking, I've never heard anything like this. I didn't know the blessing of God worked in me. I've been looking outside there thinking, I've got to get a break over there. I'm looking for, hey, maybe they could help me. Maybe it's that that's going to work in my life. And looking for the blessing, looking for stuff to happen out there. You know why you don't want to do that? Because when it doesn't happen out there, you got then you get that victim. Blaming them, blaming her, blaming. If you believe in the blessing, well, you're going to say, hmm, God is working in my life. Sometimes it can be very difficult to, for that to come out your mouth when it doesn't look that way at the moment. So are you there today? And you're thinking, you are. And you're thinking, the blessing of God is working in me. Is that your revelation? Or secondly, that he's working through you, not just in you, the blessing of God in you, but through you to bless others. I think you're, I'm listening to you and you're like, yeah, it all resonates. I love you. I love you guys. He has a, he, he has destiny for you. I speak over your life in the name of Jesus. I speak life over every situation and circumstance represented in the house today. I speak truth, the word of God's truth, that the righteous prosper and are in health even as their soul prospers. Third John 2, in the name of Jesus. Now, if you're here today and you have an obstacle, maybe that was you, and you're thinking, that third part that you shared today, it resonates with me, there's an obstacle in my life. We're going to pray over that, all right? So I want you to just get yourself situated. Are you ready? Are you ready? I want you to stand. Let's do it. Let's stand. I was going to say stand up on the inside. Let's stand up on the outside. Maybe there's a fear in your life that things are never going to change. Maybe there's a fear in your life that things are only going to get worse because there's something happening right now. That's a lie of the enemy. Don't agree with that. The blessing of God is for you. So we're going to come against obstacles. What's your job? Well, when you stand there, you agree with the things I pray. If you believe it, you say amen. And you say, yes, Lord. And then you remember some of these things. You might want to go back and listen to this again and take down notes. And take the scriptures that you heard and speak them out your mouth. How's the blessing of God released? By speaking. By verbalizing. Lord, I just pray over my brothers and sisters today. First of all, I want to thank you for them. I thank you for everyone here. And Lord, I come against every lie of the enemy that would say you're not good enough, that would say you're not qualified, that would say you're not smart enough, that would say you've sinned too many times. A lie of the enemy that would say this is bigger than you and you cannot defeat it. I come against every lie. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I call every person in this house blessed, whole, redeemed, set free. I speak over family lines. And in the name of Jesus, I speak over family lines. I call your family blessed. I call your family blessed and your grandchildren blessed. I speak life over your marriages. I speak life over your marriage. I call you a man of God. I say you're blessed. You were called from a child. You were called from a child. 
God has blessed you. I bless your lives today. I bless your lives today. The love of God flood you. There's someone in here and you're, you've got a, you're thinking about something in your family line. You're thinking about something in your family line. You're saying, but Gwen, you just don't know. I speak over that right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the power of those negative words to stop you. I rebuke the power of those things. I speak life over bodies in here. Healing and health to all your flesh. I prophesy blessing over your bodies and call you whole. I speak over your children. If that's, I want you to make eye contact with me if that, that resonates. I speak over your children. Those that are not, I speak life over your children. What you've spoken over them, the good things you've spoken over them shall come to pass. Blessing on your life, my dear. Blessing. Make, look at me, son. I bless you as a father to the generations next. I bless you. You will be a father, a man that is blessing. Justin, God has a blessing for you as a father. God's going to bless you and Kristen. Your family line's going to be blessed. There's, there's not an obstacle that you can't overcome. I bless you in Jesus' name. Over your children. I'm speaking blessing over that one. You know, you've got things coming to your mind right now. God knows. I bless your children. I bless Heather. In the name of Jesus, I bless her. I bless your family and call you healthy, whole. Redemption in that area. Redemption for you. The love of God flood your life today. May He bless your children. May He bless your marriage. Honey, may, may God bless your marriage. He loves you. He's, n- He is not disappointed. He's not disappointed in you. Do you hear me? He's not disappointed in you and I want you to stop being disappointed in yourself. I love you. He's not disappointed in you. May the love of God flood your life in the name of Jesus. May the love of God flood your life in the name of Jesus. I pray blessing on you. Father, I just bless right now in the name of Jesus. I bless and I thank you, Lord, that you have purpose. I pray pray over this man of God. I call him a man of God and I declare everything in in his life line up with that. In Jesus' name, blessing, blessing. Amen. Amen. You know, I I sense what Dana said when she talked about, um, think about the harvest. You know, that's that's what John's going into next. If we don't know about the blessing of God and his goodness, We'll discount everything that he's about to teach us on the harvest. We'll say, well, I'm not, I can't do that. I can't reap great things in my life. And we'll disqualify ourselves on so many levels. I I want you to know something. There's something powerful about saying, God, I trust you. God, I believe you for this, for that. What are you believing God for? Some of you, I just sense that some some of you as we're ending up here, that maybe you've been disappointed in some areas and you have quit believing God for things. Listen, for the rest of your life, as long as you're breathing, you're going to need to be believing Him for something. This is a faith life. It's a way of life. So... uh, I just sense that maybe you're here here today and you're, you know that sometimes you think, I don't want to believe God for something because I might be disappointed or for whatever reason. We all, it's, it's our benefit. It's to our benefit. It's one of the benefits of our covenant to be believing him for something. Even when things, what if you got a job that doubled your salary tomorrow and all your family problems just ended the day. People called and and people that were you were estranged from, everything got fixed. I'm saying everything just lined up. That's still not enough. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not just that we just need God to fix our stuff, but we're believing him. And if you're, maybe you're at a place in your life that finances are not a problem, then believe for something, to, to give something to someone. The blessing is a way of life. The covenant is a way of life that we're always saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? What should I say? 
to be led by his spirit, to always be activated out in the world around us. It's such a big, big calling. John, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and come up right now.